a native speaker, featuring this podcast episode. Hello listeners of the Next English Podcast, welcome back to the show and today I'm speaking to Sean aka Pikachu from the UK. Hi Sean. Hi, hi there, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you yourself? I'm good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, do I'm doing Wait okay. Wait a minute, it's a loop, it's an infinite loop. Y yeah. You're not supposed it's... to say and you. Well, no, you, you do though, because like you know, when you're learning another language for the first time, especially in a class, you just practice that same phrase <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. Like you know, hello, how are you? Good. How are you? Hello. <laughs> but you have to say and you. That that, and so you? that sounded like a deja vu, actually. <laughs> yeah. Because if you keep saying and you, then it will and never you. stop, will it? It's like an infinite no. loop, oh. a vicious circle. Um, yeah. Okay, Sean. Um, You've been on this podcast before. You actually featured in episodes about Brexit and Kingdoms of Deceit. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely, yes. Vaguely, okay. Well, actually, actually, the reason we are talking today is because your friend Claire made a comeback to the Next English podcast uh, in episode 219, and you happened mm -hmm. to listen to it. And this is my understanding, okay? Possibly felt a bit jealous. Um, uh, you said to yourself, I want to be on the next English podcast again. And because I'm a nice guy, here you are again. So did I, did I ask to be on the podcast? I'm pretty sure you said no, you want me to. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. But I think if we, if we went back, I just said, I, I, I sent you a message saying I listened to the podcast. That was pretty cool because Claire was a friend of mine. I mean, I still like to think she's my friend, but we oh. haven't met in over a year. Oh, okay. So I watched it because it was, you know, it was it was Claire, an old friend of mine, well, and it and, and it just and it actually inspired me to get an app on my phone so I could listen to yeah, your podcast. I, I and was... now, now, um, you might be quite interested to hear this, but I've never really listened to podcasts ever before, and now I'm I've got two different I've got two different podcasts I'm listening to every day now. Oh, so just because of that episode, I'm now listening to like one hour plus of podcasts every day. In fact, while I was cleaning my car, uh, I was I was just I was I was listening to a few podcasts. One on um, uh, one on uh, the you know the idea of doctors are always right because there was a big bloated out news story in England and it, it went across the globe really about a child who was pretty much brain dead. And the doctors wanted to take off life support and, you know, the family didn't. They wanted to let him live or send him away to all mm -hmm. these different doctors in America. And it went to the courts and the courts decided, well, actually, you, he's going to have to get off life support machine and you yep. can't take him abroad, yep. you know. And there was there was this big discussion on, you know, where the line is between doctors and, you know, is a doctor's always right or do yeah. parents, you know, have... Mm -hmm. I have actually I have actually heard about that story. So I know, I know it was... Um... One of the things, yeah. one of the things it, in, the, in, the, in the news. So, okay, Sean. So that's that's great that you listen to other podcasts too. I mean, it's it's a wonderful habit, isn't it? It's a wonderful routine um, to have in your life. But yeah, no. I mean, I hope it becomes a routine because it's 
it's quite refreshing, really, especially at night time to get to sleep and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, what I like about it is it's, it's just amazing for multitasking. You know, it just it, you can do a lot of different things. Like you, no. you were washing your car when you were listening to this, right? Yeah, no, and so, I, I got really annoyed because like when I left the car, <laughs> I ended up having to pull the phone out of the socket and then just put it in my pocket so I could walk <laughs> between between the car and the bin listening. <laughs> well, the good thing about the podcast is that you can always go back. Uh, you can pick up where you left off, pretty much. Yeah, right? uh, true. I've actually ended up buying. I've bought on Amazon now a. Um, a little thing I can plug my phone into my car stereo so I can put the volume a lot louder <laughs> so it's great. hard to listen to it in my car great you're driving. like a tech whiz right is that an expression I know what you're trying to say but I think tech whiz you kind of have to use it for someone who's like exceptionally good with computers like, I mean like coding and stuff like that mm-hmm. I just bought something off Amazon. It plugs into my phone and then plugs into my stereo. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a tech whiz. <laughs> it may, may, may have been a bit of overstatement then. Yeah. Okay, Sean. Um, so I was trying to figure out what we should, what we could talk about today, and uh, you were kind of asking me to like, do you have any ideas and so on? We had a few, but I think mm. um, naturally we can talk about your job, which is. I would say quite interesting. You work as a librarian. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll specify a little bit further. I'm I'm a library assistant. That is my official job role. Okay. Um, that sounds. I mean, like for less all intents, sorry, it sounds yeah. like less than like. No, it, and I agree with that because um, I work in a public library, mm-hmm. um, and a public library is different to libraries. I mean. Okay, so there's there's a few different types of libraries. You can have a public library, which mm-hmm. means it's publicly funded and it's publicly accessible to all. Um, and there's a few other caveats, but I'll explain those in a little bit. Then you have another type of library, which is an academic library. So an academic library is usually tied to a university. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yep, and these you know these often are almost exclusive to. Uh, students of a university, although you can become a member if you know outside, mm-hmm. and these these have a different atmosphere entirely, and there's there's a lot of differences between a public library and an academic library. So, so you work in a in a public library. I work in a public and, library, and you have and been I'm, to an academic library before, so you can you, you can yeah no make because this, if, you, this if, if you if you if you've ever been to university or you'll you'll know what an academic yeah. library is. Um, but I was also, there's also one from more thing I was going to mention around the question of library assistant versus librarian. Um, to become a librarian, in my opinion, you need to have studied librarianship at university or at least... Librarianship, you know, that. that sounds interesting. Yeah, you can, you can go to library school to become a librarian effectively. You can, have you studied you can... that? No, no. That's okay. why... That's, that's why, why you're just an assist- assistant then? Not necessarily. That's not, not, not. That's not why I'm just an assistant. Because I can become. I. I mean, I could reach the top theoretically without, you know, mm-hmm. getting qualifications in the library. But does it actually help? Does it make make your life easier? Well, uh, this is a question. This this is the thing. Because, like I said, there was different types of libraries, and because there's different types of libraries, requirements for what you do. So, in my job as public library uh, assistant. I mean, I go a little bit above and beyond my 
rank, so to speak, because I'm, I'm starting to do a lot more supervisor role and outreach work because it's something I really enjoy, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, building partnerships with local organizations, charities and stuff like that. But a public library opinion is a lot more community driven. It's a lot more of a community hub where it's not just books. It's, you know, we've got might have games on children's activities you know, obviously mm-hmm. lectures, inter, you know, um, so you over- workshops, shows. This. It's not just yeah. it's not just the books. It's like- yeah. So, for example, I I, I have a um, I I have a youth council. So, um, you know, young people. I get together um, and we work on projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might and and to be honest, the projects we're working on has nothing to do with reading entirely. In fact, we're just working on like you know uh, making the teen area a lot more cool. You know, doing lots of artsy stuff, preparing for events or activities. Yeah. Um, um, but so, in in, that, in libraries right now, in public libraries, we have things like partnerships with local charities like Mind. Um, you know, other other county count other council related services such as family. You know, as children's centres. So just to sum um, up, so what you're trying to say is that, that work of librarian involves a lot of aspects. It's not just. Uh, you sitting, uh, in, sitting a in a library and carrying books around. Yeah, so in a public in a public in a public library, generally speaking, it's it's the general phrase is it's more than books. In fact, like I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't read a book in the last year. Okay, <laughs> and I, I work in a library. I work in. Uh, you mean like any few... book or or a, a book uh, in your from your own library? No, I haven't read any book, whether I've paid for it myself oh, or I've wow. borrowed it from the library. Wait, wait not, a minute. not from start from finish. Now, this is let me let me let me let go further. I just want to butt um, in here. Like, don't you feel like a bit of a hypocrite then? Uh, yes and no. I mean, okay, because it comes down to, uh, there's, there's, okay, we 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 in in our public library, we've at least in our council, we've subscribed to following. Uh, six basic principles and what a library should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try and remember them off my top of my head here. <laughs> you better remember those. What, yeah, if, what if your so, boss is listening now, you know, and you, <laughs> you mess this up? <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, but they're called the Universal Offers. Um, in fact, I won't risk uh, messing this up. I'll just get them right now. Mm-hmm. Because, I can't hear uh, you typing. Yeah, no, that's like I said, I'm just going to get them up yeah. now. So, uh across the nation there is a group of individuals a team it's a library task force of some of the brightest minds and biggest heads of you know the li- li- what speakers of libraries across the country and they come together and they've made a society called the society of chief librarians it sounds they... like some sort of a, a circle of druids or something so you are, <laughs> so are you in one of those uh, no. Anyways, I'll 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 go I'll go through the offers. So as a public library, we've subscribed that we should be offering six core things. Okay, so we should be offering the reading offer. Okay, so I'll just read these out loud. The reading offer is public libraries provide a modern reading service within local communities in all formats and for all ages. Hmm. Okay. So, so wait, wait, wait a minute. So so let's break this down. So in yeah. all formats. Does that mean like? You, so are, are we talking like um, a, a computer format, like PDF, and then mm. and then a book that you physically take away from the library? 
Yeah, so that's exactly right. So in all formats is any type of reading, whether that's digital reading, whether that's magazines, mm-hmm. whether that's large print, whether that's audiobooks, you know. Audiobooks as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, any any form of literacy-driven media we need to be supporting and we want to encourage that so mm-hmm. i don't read i haven't i i don't read uh i haven't read a physical book and i've actually one of my challenges is i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna hope to s- start a reading group and i'm gonna participate in that because i want to improve my own literacy mm-hmm. i do a lot of digital reading like online magazines i read a lot of newspaper i see i read i read a lot of non-fiction whether that's articles online mm-hmm. or anything like that I haven't read. I don't read fiction really. It's okay, one of my okay. downbites. L- listen, Sean, it's it's actually a good thing you're mentioning here. Like maybe, how about you explain to our listeners? It's a very simple question. What's the difference between fiction and non-fiction? All right. Okay. Fiction and non-fiction. Right. So, if if a fiction book is also, I mean, fiction in general, in terms of a book, is often known as a novel. Um, fiction is effectively fantasy. There is at least some element of create, creative liberties, in other words, made up. So, mm-hmm. you know, common stories like Harry Potter or, you know, um, my mind went black, whether that's Enid Blyton books, yep. like Magic Faraway Tree, anything what is made up in, in an author's mind is fiction. Yeah, but... now. Non-fiction. Now you're making it sound that uh, you're making it sound that um, actually fiction is just fantasy. But I just want to point out that fiction could also be um, um, a novel set in uh, the Second World War about a fictional character. You see what I mean? No, yeah. no, no, no. That's what I said. Is there has to be some element um, exactly. of yeah. of uh, you know. Mm-hmm. storytelling it has to it has to be some element of imagination or fakeness exactly uh, non-fiction has to pride itself on being accurate information which represents either a point in history or a point of thought in other words like um you know intellectual arguments debates theories um non-fiction the intent isn't to make stuff up mm-hmm. the intent is to describe to something in, that's kind of what non So, so we're yeah. talking biographies, right? Either biographies or textbooks on mathematics, language Travelogues courses, and so on. Yeah, any in other words, nonfiction kind of covers anything which isn't made up, or at least deliberately made up. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, uh, you could have a book put in a nonfiction area or classified as nonfiction, even if it's complete rubbish and it's all kind of you know argued argued to be fake or made up. Okay. If the person who is writing it or the intended audience it's written for uh, is to believe it is to be is real. So I mean an example of this would be like maybe the Bible. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get into the debate on whether, you know, religion is real or not. But we would always classify the Bible or the Quran um or any sort of a religious textbook as non-fiction mm-hmm. regardless of whether you believe it's fake or not because the intention of it is to describe something factual. Yeah. Well, it, so, it feels like it's 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 its own category to be honest with you like from my point of view but Yeah, yeah, but I mean if you if but the thing is if you were Christian and uh, and you would obviously describe the Bible as non not you know non non-fiction. Hmm. 
in a library service, we don't yeah, we don't I, try I see what and you mean. I see what, yeah. you, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's the same with theories. You know, if mm. someone's making like quantum entanglement theories or dark matter theories, no. or you know, theory of evolution or anything like these, these are all still theories at the end of the day. Yeah. So they in 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 some way they 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 the Bible just has much as, as a credit to be nonfiction as. Mm. You know, theories on dark matter, and it's a bit of a dangerous ground too. If you start like talk, yes. talking to people who are actually the believers, if you, if exactly, you, if exactly, you, if you exactly. try to justify to them, they, it's it's pointless to to even go into such argument with them. Yeah. So, so like I said, so nonfiction. The idea is it's the intended audience and the mm-hmm. intent in making that book or a piece of literature is to describe something in reality or describe mm. reality. Now, in fiction, obviously, like you said before, if something's set in World War II or it has, very, it, you know, you can have a piece of fiction that has a lot of real, you know, real life embedded into it. You can set books in the, you know, the Dark Ages or World War II. Yeah. But fiction only becomes fiction, you know, a book only becomes fiction when there's, when the, in the actual story is made up or there's a part of the story which the, is made up. Even if it's 5%, that the, becomes fiction. The reason I, I just asked that question, I, I wanted to clarify it, is because some people might think um, that fiction uh, equals uh, um, a fantasy, like complete fantasy, you know, like oh, yeah. even fantasy no. world, fantasy everything. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a fair question, and I and it 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 does it does. I mean, it, it, I, all it I'm trying to say is that it can it can confuse some people. That, that's yeah, all. but but now that you now that you have made it clear for us, I think everybody yeah. everybody will know. Anyways, so that's that's the obvious offer. What people think of libraries, you know, promoting reading. Mm-hmm. But we have five other key offers. So we have the digital offer. And I'll just read it, you know, as it says from the Society of Chief Librarians. A digital offer is promoting digital uh, services, skills and access underpinning the 21st library service. Um, So in other words, we need, you know, we need computers. We need to try and, I mean, we can't always innovate when it comes to technology, but we need to provide access to technology and promote technology. Mm. So... Because we have, this is the same across all nations, some nations more than others and some counties more than others and some towns or cities more than others. But we have something called a digital divide, which is, you know, um, a digital divide is a divide in population where some people are, you know, can access online services or are quite competent with computers and technology, mm. whereas others are being left behind. Yeah. This is getting more and more of a problem as a lot of our services are moved online. So, you know, you want to apply for a passport, you, you have to, might have to do it online. You apply yeah. for a bus pass, you have to do it online. Technology you know, a lot has, of, has uh, totally penetrated our lives, basically. Exactly. So what and, used to be paper forms for many is now online. Now, this is... This is mostly impacts the over 65s, really. I just want to say, like, how, this is quite impressive how uh, this job must have changed over the over the last few decades, right? Because of mm. the impact of internet, like it, exactly, it's it's it, 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 it's quite amazing. And now, to be honest with you, like, I still, when you say librarian, I still imagine a person carrying books around. But what you're saying is that. You have to provide access to to people. You have to 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 provide even. You were talking about like internet access, yeah, or like promote 
hang on a minute. What, what's this about again? <laughs> How right, do you, okay. Can you explain it in simple words? Because you were reading it out from that um, web page. So could you just oh, right. explain okay. how you understand it yourself? Oh, no, I was just, okay. Um, so if, like I was saying about the digital divide, that was all my words, by the way. I only read two sentences off oh, the screen. Okay, okay. So, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, it, it sounded no, very, very sophisticated. So. I... Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> no. Um, well, effectively, like I was saying about digital divide, not everybody is, you know, tech savvy. And, um, and we're kind of being put at the forefront of, you know, helping people get online. Okay, because but could, 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 you, could you just, what does it actually mean in practi practical terms? Sure. So in practical terms, so we support people, um, you know, we might book them appointments, they get free IT lessons with volunteers or sometimes with ourselves as staff. Um, which that, might be, you know, you might a weekly weekly meeting to because some people they get an iPad off their grandchildren for and Christmas and they don't and, know what to do with it. Okay, so that's and, done through your through your company. Well, it's done through well, it's from our library. It's not a company. Okay, it's uh, so, it's so, part so, of the council, so it would be right, uh, you know, so it's like it's local like authority, a, a state thing. So it's like supported, okay. supported by the government. Kinda, yeah, but there's there's other things as well. It's not just providing IT support for people okay, in a physical sense. Um, it's also, um, you know, raising awareness of what is available online. It's, you know, for example, um, like, I mean, we, it, some of this stuff overlaps, but like book recommendations, there's plenty of really good websites you can use to make a personalized book recommendations. Like there's Goodreads, there's Who Else Writes Like, there's, you know, there's a lot of good websites mm -hmm. out there, you know, there's people who, you know, are struggling to, you know, move around. Then you can promote things like, you know, uh, online shopping, you know, get your supermarket shopping delivered to your house so you don't have to make these, you know, strenuous trips to the, to the supermarket. Or... I would have never imagined that this is what, what a job of a librarian is like. Yeah, let me clarify again. Um, a librarian is something slightly different. So... In my view, a librarian is someone who's a bit, bit more academic, who spends a lot of their time in reference, you know, uh, reference being like, you know. Uh, I see what you mean, like to, look, looking, yeah. up, looking up data and using it. Yeah, kind of compiling, building local history. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it's a different it's a different job, effectively. So, and, so and, what and, you're now and, describing is your own job. Of, of a library, my, librarian I, I, assistant. I'm I'm describing actually of uh, what a public library is, mm -hmm. and and my 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 job itself covers all of these bases really, mm -hmm. uh, in one way or another. My job is really to promote and improve what our offers are. Okay. Um, I'll I'll move on to the next offer is health offer, and I'm just going to read a little extract and then I'll I'll explain what it means. So public libraries contribute to the health and well-being of local communities. This offer promotes and enables key health partnerships. Okay, so in, in other words, we, we as a public as a public face building, um, and also as our goal to be a community hub, we want to promote as well as healthy living. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you know physical health, like um, you know raising awareness on diabetes or promoting healthy eating, and um, it may be on mental health as well. So we, we may partnership with, you know, local charities such as Mind or we might partnership with local um, community nurses or district hospitals 
or other, you know, health-driven um, partnerships, even if it's just, you know, um, dance groups or anything like that, promoting healthy living as well. Mm. Um, I see. And the, the way we often do this is just through partnerships. Although we often do events, so we often do promotions for special awareness weeks, you know, if it's Diabetes Awareness Week or Mental Health Week, mm. which it currently is right now, We've got loads of mental health books, you know, books on depression, books on how to help others who with self-harm issues. And, you know, we um, that is kind of our health offer. We want to promote healthy living both mentally and physically. Um, and we might incorporate that even if it's subtle, but like, you know, we might have knitting groups to help mindfulness, you know, tackle loneliness uh, in populations, not just old, but also young as well. Okay, I, I will probably subscribe then. <laughs> okay yeah um, that's, that's, okay. that's the health offer really I don't want to get bogged down in all these technicalities Sean if you don't mind can we just mm. move on to some of the yeah, questions I prepared because th this may be a little bit too technical even for the listeners of this podcast and I I'm struggling myself to like uh, like to basically ask you follow up questions to this because I have no knowledge of this subject. Well, okay, so, can I just can I just yeah. add a one minute or something, and just to briefly, uh, you know, cover what I was just talking about. The main point I was going to say because there's a three there was three other key goals we have, but a library, a public library, and to be honest, no matter which country you're in, visiting your local library and asking some key questions, you may find that actually the library is more than just books on a shelf mm -hmm. or people chasing you for fines. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, as as services, especially in England, are cut, so for example, youth services, we used to have lots and lots of youth centres for young people to go in. Um, a lot of those places have closed down. And actually, a public library is, in most cities and most towns, is the only free space you can go in mm. where it's nice and warm, it's yep. safe, there's people who represent the council there with you, mm -hmm. and you don't have to buy anything, you don't have to pay anything. You can just go in at 10 o'clock and you can stay until 7, you don't have to pay anyone anything, you can enjoy the warmth, you can enjoy yep. the free Wi-Fi, and you can just relax in a safe space. Where you, you're you know. making me want to go there now. <laughs> go to the library. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, if people don't use it, we lose it, and that's that's the same in every services. In most places, the yeah. pu the public library is the only safe place you can go. I, I see. Ideally, is, which is publicly funded. Is it the case of um, this such place being visited less and less these days, or am I getting this wrong? Like, uh, what do you mean? mean like because obviously people read less and less especially young people i think i think so at least when it comes to books so no you're right does, um, does it still have the same uh power or is it do you think that there are challenges ahead um no so there's this okay to, to answer that question i'm just going to start by agreeing with you our hardest to hit demographics is children and teenagers because, I mean, with the advent of so much more, I was going to say, easily accessible. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, no, I wouldn't necessarily accept as, as let's accessible. Say, let's but, say, um, at f on first sight, more appealing um, yeah, free-time yeah, activities easy. such okay. as even we can go to computer games. Yeah, I was going to say computer games, Netflix, or anything like this. I, I would say this is easier entertainment. I wouldn't say easily accessible because there's still plenty of people who can't afford 
uh, you know, Netflix it's, or the un, in unstable it's, conditions. It's but, easier I mean, to get into, I would say. And it, it's, yeah, that's, it's, I would it's agree. Just, it I would just agree. resonates with lazy people more than, and and everybody is naturally tends. Everybody naturally tends to be a little bit lazy, right? So that's why yeah. it happens, I think. It's and just I, and easier I, to watch a film. Yeah, because I mean, the example is I have family members who who have had children and the moment they've been born they've put the children in front of a TV they haven't read books to the children they've they've just found it easier to keep the kids occupied by just putting yeah. the TV on and then going about their day it's, while the kids are sitting the TV for 5 6 hours it's really and then less that eventually the, for the parents isn't it like um in in some circumstances i i think so but i mean the thing is like I, no, I, I think, think I think there is no arguing about that. Like this is easier for the parents. No, oh but, no, but I, I nobody is say saying it, it is better for the kids. Of course, no, I'm not no, saying no, that. No. <laughs> because I mean, the thing is, literacy is incredibly important. The ability to use your imagination is absolutely vital. Yep. I mean, because yep. the thing is, with TV shows, with video games. I mean, video games less so much, but especially with TV shows and. A lot of your imagination is just taken away. Yeah. I mean, storytelling it's, is an incredibly p important part of you, you know your your life just, in many ways because the ability like, to. If I may make an analogy, it's like you go to a restaurant and, and and they serve you food, and it's like you don't have to do anything; you just get it. I can kind of I can, I kind of see what you're saying. The the, the analogy you're making is. Right now, people would just prefer to go to a restaurant, i.e. go on Netflix or play video games, than actually learn to make the food themselves. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, that, that's exactly uh, what I... And, and, and effectively learn that vital skill. And and I guess the analogy could go a little bit further and just say, well, what if you don't have money and you can't go and eat in a restaurant and then you suddenly find yourself, <laughs> you know, needing to rely on your own skills? Exactly. Um, who Who's going to help you? And yep. the thing is, literacy is incredibly important. Now, I think a lot of the problem I find what breaks down is when people, especially kids and teenagers, think of books, they think of it as a chore. Mm -hmm. In other words, the only time you ever touch a book is at school. And the, the books that they get at school are probably not that entertaining, to be honest. Mm. They the, the books are chosen for a reason. They're chosen because of... The, the you know how well it can be analyzed well, they have to and connect, they, con connect it with history as well and so they're exactly. going for the classics basically yeah exactly so they might i mean they might go off mice and men they might do something like yeah. you know they the might usual, go, like a bit of, bit of shakespeare it, a bit of yeah so Geoffrey when people Chaucer do get when 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 young people are getting introduced to literature especially from the ages 10 and above they're getting introduced it to a way which is not appealing to them i mean yeah. they associate books with schoolwork exactly and mm -hmm. and it's really unfortunate really because i mean like i said i am a little bit of a hypocrite i mean i i did i i mean the, the first books i ever read was actually when i was 15 because i saw a trailer for the hunger games and yeah. i loved the idea so much i actually read the first three hunger games mm. in a week and these are books with like 400 pages each i absolutely read them and when i read those books i was there to like six o'clock in the morning and i absolutely fell in love did the same for another series of books called uh, the Bernard Connell series, which is uh, The Last Kingdom. I won't digress, but when you find a book you really like, you absolutely love it, and you can make all these characters in your head. Like I have a because I haven't read in so long, and I don't read enough. I have an issue. I mean, some of you might have this issue. Mm. Is when you close your eyes and you come up with an image in your mind. Uh, for me, I I can't actually see that image. 
Mm. I mean, I, once in a while I might see a flicker, but I can't sustain an image. Now, I've known avid readers who actually, their imagination has got so good from reading books, as well as just generally using their imagination in art and everything like that, mm-hmm. where they can actually, with their eyes open, imagine a 3D object in the room with them. Like, they could even imagine another person. I mean, imagination just, is an it's incredibly just, It's good not just about imagination. It's, it's also the fact that like your your vocabulary expands so much. Of course. Like I it, mean, yeah, it's, that's it's such that's a different. huge difference. If you're a well-read person, and and, it, and, and 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 the level of like how much you know and how and how effectively you can use it at the right time. It, yeah, it's I mean, such that, a hu- massive difference. I I I think so, and I think it really speaks films because you can kind of tell when someone's well read, even just the way they they talk and their mannerisms. Because one of the things, especially with novels, novels is quite good at this because not only do novels help your imagination, you know, come up with all these different backgrounds, these scenes, these characters, these voices, but you actually it's a really good way of building empathy mm. because you you in this book or this series, a lot of them are written in the first person, which is uh, written um, as if you are that person, you know, yep. I did this, I did that, mm-hmm. and you are getting into another character's head and you are learning how they think, how they speak, yep. and um, you are just building all... In, in, in fact, a lot of people get really attached to books because not so much they're getting attached to the story, but they're getting characters. They've yep. made a friend. They, they've got, they've got to live the life... Exactly, they've got to live the life of someone else. Now, even if that person doesn't you know they don't really like this person i mean uh it's really good for empathy because you're kind of learning how other people think even if it's fictional Mm -hmm. um and with games and movies not only are you not really getting to be that person you're getting to think i am doing this i am doing that and as you read um not only are you getting to experience that you're also getting pushed away from social activities as well because you know playing yeah. video games in lot six circumstances binge watching shows mm-hmm. that's time you're not spending interacting with other people no, you're so. absolutely right that's why i push for the board games and i have been uh, um i've been victim of this myself what you're describing so i'm i'm trying to get away from it as much as i can but I still have to watch a nice TV show or play a good game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. It's it's it's, e- it's, it's easy. It's, it's it's it takes your mind off things. It's but a lot of yeah. people actually use books as a way of doing that, and it is possible. I mean, but yeah, a lot of the thing is it's just finding the book you connect with. And a challenge for anyone, really, and this is the challenge I'm taking, is when you look at a book. Especially if you're not really an avid reader yourself. When mm-hmm. you look at a book, don't look at the thickness of the book. The thickness of the book is irrelevant. You might as well say, let's not do Game of Thrones because there's like eight seasons. Yeah. That's too yeah. much time. What you should actually look at is the first chapter because the first chapter might be 20 pages. And now you think, well, if there's a book that was 20 pages, you could read that easy. And the answer is yes. Even if you don't like the book, 20 pages is nothing. It might take you half an hour or something mm-hmm. like that. Now, if you really like those first 20 pages, you suddenly forget how thick that book is because before you know it, you've went through another five or six chapters, just like Game of Thrones. You shouldn't take things on face value. You should just just get into it and... Give it, give it a chance. Now, if you don't like those first twenty pages, that's it's it's like well, you just what it's the same as watching a bad TV show. Fair, fair I mean, it, you know, you know, <laughs> you just this, move this, on and this, grab another one. Yeah, 
get grab another one. I mean, you know, you could try t- ten different books in the same time as forcing yourself to read a four hundred page novel you didn't like. Yeah. But the, it it sometimes comes down to the fact that some people just have a negative experience. They just maybe perhaps they tried. It's like me with Star Wars. I tried. I tried. Several, <laughs> I tried several times. I just couldn't get into it. And that's what happens with a lot of people these days. And then, and then ultimately, you will just, just you will just go back to games, you know, or something like that. No, I, it's example. People like to go to what comfort them. Exactly. Comforts them. Exactly. Um, I was talking to someone today who they hadn't read a book since they were seven, and I've challenged them um, to find any book online or whatever that is. <laughs> Wait a um, minute. Was, was it one of those uh, customers um, that came to your library? Is it? customers are we yeah it's, it's a customer, customer it's or someone, client or something like that yeah it's someone who comes into the library but is they it, don't they not yeah. to read books they don't they come into the so, library to so, read books. a so, lot of people come in the library just to use the computer to access facebook yeah, though yeah, yeah. so know. did you have one did you get one of those customers who would come, who would come uh to your library and, and say could you recommend me a book <laughs> oh i've done that before yeah that's I amazing mean, like it's it's people, like it's like when i go to a hairdresser I don't know what I want. I was like, I do something, <laughs> do something do with something. my hair. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no. So the the person I spoke to, they hadn't read a book since I was seven, and I challenged them to find a book online or whatever what sounded interesting, and then I would take the challenge with them. Whatever book they choose, I'll re- I'll try and read it too, and then I'll read as much as they read. Oh, and okay. They, I, I thought I thought I thought you you would be actually the one reading it out out to them as as if they no, were children or something. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Because I think the thing is, people think book reading is an isolated activity, and by all means, it can be. It can be. I mean, but I mean, it doesn't have to be. I it mean, they, you, can, be, you know, yeah. it's like movies. I mean, most people sit and watch a movie in silence together or mm. near silence because if everyone kept kept talking to you in the middle of a scene. You know, everyone kick them out. Oh, I hate that. But there are some people yeah. who actually who actually revel in that. You know. No, I I know I do. <laughs> I hate but, that. I I would hate yeah. I would hate to watch a show with you. But the, the point I'm saying is, like, you know, we do the same with all other forms of media, really. Like, t- yeah. t- you know, like movies, especially dramatic movies or anything like that, where mm. silence is key. Um, it's the same with books. Yes, it's an isolated activity, maybe while you're reading it. But I mean, there's stories to share. You yeah, know, you're you, right. People, I actually yeah. did enjoy my literature seminars because of this reason. Because um, mm-hmm. the lecturer, she told us to read certain books. And then we had like a week for it. And then we all met during the classes and we were supposed to discuss it and just analyze the books and um, say what we think about the characters, what, what uh, motivations they had for doing what they were doing, what were the themes in the, in the novels and so on. And it was quite interesting because everybody may have come up with different ideas and mm. like there is no universal answer. Like, so. Exactly. That's, and that's the beauty, really, I think, of it yep. is because like with a movie, there's not really left much to your imagination. You can't really have... A different opinion of what you've seen. <laughs> I, I mean, guess, I you, guess there is. I a mean, bit, but... no, you can have an opinion of what you like or don't like, or mm-hmm. theories of why you know you you know un, un, unanswered questions and stuff like that. But what I mean is, like you know, how the character is portrayed, or or the scenes, or you know, a lot of the things which Let, let's say let's say there is less model. room for imagination. But I yeah, I would, no, I, I, would actually, still... I would actually say that 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 a lot of films that are. Um, uh, made in such a way that it actually uh, w- 
wants you to make some sort of a judgment and, and there might be different ways of interpreting yeah. the same thing. And there would there would be there would be good movies like you know, the the thing is just like Matrix, Inception and exactly. stuff like that. I mean I'm not saying I'm not saying movies can't do that. I'm just saying there's less room because yeah. the visual okay. aspect and the audio aspect is already covered. Mm-hmm. You know, I can subscribe. Whereas to when that, you read, yeah. but when you're reading the book, you have your own idea of what character this looks like. Does he have white skin? Does he have dark skin? That's, Does he have fair right. hair? Yeah. Does he have black hair? Uh-huh. Is he is he bulky? Is he thin? Is his voice high? Is his voice low? Yeah. Um, you know, all these kind of different traits where you actually are free to imagine yourself mm-hmm. in a book. Whereas a movie, you know, you, no, you're you've right. Got, you, because because you know. now because I uh, first watched the Game of Thrones, for example, yeah, and then and then I read mm-hmm. it after the after I watched the show, I was always imagining the characters as they were in the in the in the show. So, for example. Every time I was reading, you know, and let's say there was uh, something about um, Daenerys Targaryen, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the blonde girl with the dragons. I'm sure everybody is familiar. Um, I there was no room for imagination for me whatsoever <laughs> because I, I yeah. just had this one image of a of a let's say frankly a gorgeous girl, blonde girl, well built, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, I had a similar thing with um, with uh, the Last Kingdom. It's a TV show I actually really do like, but the Last Kingdom is based in the Dark Ages. It's based on the novels from Bernard Cornwall. Now, I read all the novels. Well, I read almost all the novels um, of that c- series before it got made into a show. Mm. So I had all my own ideas of what Uthred, the main character, looked like. All these different characters, what the scenery was like. And when I saw it, I was like, mm. <laughs> you know, but I mean, that wasn't too bad. But in the same thing with the Hunger Games, I saw the trailer to the Hunger Games before I read them. Mm. And, and because of that, uh, because of that uh, trailer, I already imagined the yeah. main character was Jennifer Lawrence. I already imagined what this, you know, hall was like or what the, you know, the other guy was. Yeah? That was the main Yeah, character. exactly. And yeah. because I saw a bit of the movie, it already, it already, I couldn't unimagine it, you know that kind yeah. of thing. I I couldn't replace it. Yeah, then. I think that's that that could be that could serve us as as a proof of uh, books having such such a, such a, um, important so playing yeah. such and an I, important role in the in the development of one's imagination. I I, I really like the point you were making about that. No, thank you. Anyway, so uh moving on if you, what 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 else have we got to talk about okay so i was wondering um i've actually picked out six interesting sayings which have to do with knowledge okay. and why don't we go through them go for it um so the first one is knowledge is power have you have you actually already mentioned this in this episode uh, uh no i haven't mentioned i haven't mentioned it in this Power. Uh, now you haven't mentioned it in this episode, okay. although, thought, um, although it is it it is a quote which has weight. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, um, knowledge isn't necessarily just about how many facts you can retain mm. or what your IQ level is. I mean, there's so many different realms of sciences and also emotional intelligence. And now, emotional mm. intelligence, I find, is sometimes even more important than actual you know, academic intelligence, because like you might find like Donald Trump, you might think, well, he's not that intelligent. Well, he knows how to play a game. <laughs> you know, he, 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 you know, I mean, 
do you do you <laughs> think do you think that Donald Trump doesn't read books and that therefore he is who he is? Uh, well, there's this, there's this really good quote I really like. It's all great leaders are readers. Okay, hmm. so you know whether that's good or bad, you know, influential leaders have always yeah. really been readers because that's I mean, actually true. Yeah. Um, now I don't I, I don't know what Donald Trump's reading passion is. I mean, I know he just watch he watches a lot of cable TV, and I don't see him as like. Um, to be honest, I really don't see him too much as a super influential person. Um, he can't be reading too much, considering how many mistakes he makes uh, well, whenever yeah. he tries to speak, uh, like syntax the, syntactical mistakes and and no. lack of coherence and all that. No, I mean, we could, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want this to be a, a, like you know a peeing contest. I mean, like I want to uh, staying away from Donald, <laughs> well, not keeping up with Donald Trump. The point I was trying to make is, even though he may not have the brains, you know, for like. You know, science or you know, literacy, literacy, or yeah. Part of me can appreciate that actually he's not he's not strictly stupid either. I mean, at the end of the day, he there's a reason why one reason another is a reason why he managed to get himself to, as a presidential for, you know stage, mm -hmm. and that's plain people really. That's like you know that's yeah, that's that's his that's his uh, game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I and and so, but in terms of knowledge is power. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, most heads of powers are you know the the smart individuals. I mean, whether that's business, corporate, you know, CEOs like you know whether that's Jeff Bezos, whether that's Elon Musk, you know, these are very intellectual people. At the end of the day, they they, they might not necessarily be, you know, you can't say. Well, I won't get into who's good or who's bad, no. but. Positions of power stems from really knowledge, whether that's academic knowledge or emotional knowledge. Mm -hmm. You don't get to be in charge of a large group of people yeah. by being the, the, the most successful people are people who have read a lot, I think. Even like yeah. Gandhi, maybe. Yeah. Or Winston exactly. Church, and and, and, and to be fair, if, if, you are, if you are the head of a state or something like that and you're stupid, it, it's, it's not because you're stupid. It's just because people in, who have knowledge or who have power decided that you should be the one there. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, in terms of knowledge of power, I, 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 I definitely do generally agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, but, and knowledge also can just mean uh, the ability to find knowledge. You don't like, for example, the ability to access the internet and you know find your own answers is just as important, if not more important. Or the ability to research, I should say, is mm. just as important or more important than already knowing the facts. Mm. So if you already know how to find the information you're after, that's well, vastly well, more the thing important. Is, the thing is, like, what is knowledge? Because what you're suggesting is that knowledge is facts, but I don't think that's... No, I didn't say that. I, I didn't say that. I said knowledge isn't only just facts yeah. or academic. It's yeah, also it's emotional as well. Emotional intelligence, you know, can be like empathy skills, how you interact the, and the read other people the, and the, stuff so like do, that. Do you, think you, do you think you get emotional intelligence from books, though? I'm, uh, I'm not, I think, I'm not I quite think, sure. I'm not quite I was, sure yeah, that I, I agree I, with I, you on this one. No, no, you, well, I didn't. I didn't give my opinion there, but I was. Um, I was saying, in terms of emotional intelligence, it's not solely from books. Although books can help because of empathy skills, being able to get in other people's minds, you know, being able to hear a story through the voice or the head of someone else, it's quite good. I mean, the, I mean, there's literally books on, you know, on yeah. emotional intelligence, yeah, it can be like, like self-help books, uh, but it can be like on anything. 
pretty much. It can be on anything. I yeah. mean, the thing is, it depends on what books you're after, but I think anything that boosts your interpersonal skills or, or ability to read others or whether that's psychology textbooks or whether that's just, you know, mm -hmm. stories through another person, anything that helps you understand how people think, that contributes to your emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. and. Okay, and fair enough. Um, okay, let's move on. So another one is little learning is a dangerous thing. Now, I want to make a point. Isn't learning too much, or shall we say, knowing too much, dangerous too? Can it not be dangerous too? If you take an example of those, I don't know, spy movies, like there's somebody knows too much, you know, some sort of secret intel, intel and then they get killed for it. So don't, uh, you, don't you think that it can be dangerous in some way too? Uh, I don't think it's any more dangerous than being stupid. I mean, the thing is, like, I, I wouldn't say that knowing too much is dangerous, but I think knowing the wrong things is is dangerous. I okay. mean, the thing is, if you if you are if you are if you are privy to sensitive information, you shouldn't know. It's mm. like let's let's take the spy. If you're James Bond and you just find out that someone, uh, you know, you found out a fact what could kill you mm. because if someone else finds out that you have this information. That could kill you. Mm. Well, if you're James Bond, you wouldn't just shout and scream about it. Hey, guys, look what I know. You know, <laughs> you, you you could use other forms of knowledge mm -hmm. to actually prevent that information being dangerous to you. True. I mean, there's I, I, there's no such thing as a piece of knowledge which will kill you. It's it's it, it's a combination of different types of knowledge or you know skills which could get you killed or get you to success. Although I would like say the, I would say just the, to the, just to oppose, I mean, oppose to you that sometimes sometimes people who who are academics or people who 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 have a lot of knowledge you know yeah in, in I was going yeah, to they often end up doubting themselves and often end up making mistakes in their life and and most importantly being unhappy and oh, right. I have heard this many times before like some uh, conducts were. Um, um, uh, sorry, some uh, surveys were conducted about this, and it is actually the stupid people that are the happiest. You know, of of course, of course, uh, they they have maybe less money, uh, less um, color for life or whatever, but at the end of the day, they are happier. Okay, that that um, that, that, that that's why I originally wanted to ask this question. Don't you no, think it... that learning too much might actually? So in some cases or, or from certain point of view be detrimental to you okay uh, no it's it's no I mean, it's, it's a fair question i mean obviously something like that there's so many different you know I just, um, I just play, aspects playing a devil's advocate a little bit <laughs> yeah no no it's good because one 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 question one thing i heard before was um like let's say the rates of suicide or the rates of depression Mm -hmm. One statistic that sometimes I've heard get thrown around is, well, mental health illnesses aren't that common in places of, you know, deprivation or at least like, you know, third world, I mean, don't like using the yeah. third world, but you know, yeah. places like, you know, like Gambia or, you mm -hmm. know, Kenya or something like that, mm -hmm. the rate of, you know, um, mental illness is maybe quite low. And the argument was, well, you know, that because they're so used to working or they're so used yeah. to being deprived that they haven't had time to really think and be depressed or i mean it, it's not the same thing but it's something similar i've heard before but um uh, i mean it, it it's definitely i think there's definitely some element of truth in it because at least on this idea that 
people who are generally smart. I mean, hmm. people who know too much because I mean, uh, can be more miserable. I mean, yeah. one example is like you know places like China or Japan where there's a lot of pressure on students, you know, to exactly. succeed. Exactly. Um, yes, they're getting lots and lots of knowledge, but yes, they're also jumping off the roof of the school at, building. At, at what you know? cost? Yeah. Exactly, and I don't. For me, it's a difficult question. I haven't put, I haven't, I haven't done a ton of thought on it. But my gut reaction is, well, it's not necessarily the knowledge. Uh, it's not necessarily. Um, it's just, it's just the knowledge uh, taking a, a wrong approach to it, maybe. It, yeah, they're learning not because they want to, but because they have to. Mm. And I think the issue is not necessarily in the learning. It's because they're being made to do things they don't feel comfortable to do. Mm. So it's like, you know, if I told you to, you know, go outside and sit in the rain because you've been a naughty boy, said Enyaq, you know, like, whether, regardless of the educational value, you'd be doing something you didn't want to do. And if mm. I did that every day for you for the next 10 years, you might you might feel depressed or you might feel even worse. True. But true. If, at the end of time, if you really loved camping and you want to be outside in the rain, you want to put up your tent, then, you know, you might enjoy it and you might actually get a lot of out of it emotionally. Yeah. I think, I, think the, the, I think it boils down to developing you know you, you want to encourage people to have a passion for learning but you don't want to force people to learn if people are quite happy in their own lives mm-hmm. you know then then i mean okay I, i'm going to bring another statistic which you, if you want to talk statistics um it might have changed but i think believe denmark is rated as the happiest nation on the planet but that's because they drink a lot you know well no, <laughs> well anyways in, in terms of the world happiness report um, they they are usually top the charts for uh, population happiness, a generally satisfaction yeah, I, I, of their lives. It's, it's generally now, Scandinavian countries. Exactly, yeah. Scandinavian generally just top that. Not just now, Denmark. Yeah. yeah, no, not. But as a general, Scandinavia, mm-hmm. you know, they have a lot of really good play- systems in place. But uh, education is a very centerpiece of their society as well, and that free for and everything like that. So there's a lot of knowledge and a lot of highly intelligent people, and the general, in, you know. I wouldn't necessarily the, the general IQ probably isn't that much different than any other nation, yeah. but the general yeah. knowledge of people in Denmark or it's, it's Norway higher, higher is much higher. But also, places, yeah. it's you're right. Yeah. you're right. I, so, I heard for example, also, in, sorry. No, um, I was going to say. The, go on then. I was going to say that the point I was trying to make is these are some of the happiest places on earth, and they're also some of the most you know knowledgeable places or knowledgeable people in earth so you've both got very intelligent people and very happy people mm-hmm. so the correlation between intelligence and misery i don't think there really is if there is one i don't know about it okay all right so let's let's do two more and then we we can call it a day so okay. wise men learn by others harms fools by their own let me just Wise men learn by others' harms, fools by their own. So what? What? How I understand this is that wise men will learn from other people's mistakes. Like they, they will see the examples and m- m- draw their own conclusions from them, so that they don't make those mistakes. Whereas fools, they have to learn from their own mistakes. That's that's how I understand it. But I could be wrong about this. So can you just repeat that phrase? Wise men learn. Wise men by... learn by others' harms, fools by their own. I can I can hear oh, right, you googling okay. this vigorously. Yeah, no, I just I just <laughs> wanted to see it written out so I can 
you know, because yep. it's, it's a weird phrase. It is a weird um, phrase, but I, I liked it. So, I by the way, yeah. I found many more phrases. It's just no, I, it's, I chose it, these because I thought they were the most interesting ones. Yeah, no, it's quite an interesting one. No, um, I, I believe uh, Bill Gates uh, made a similar quote, which is um, uh, failure is the best teacher or something along those lines. Yeah, um, well, that, that, that would be the opposite of this, though, because... Oh no! Uh, but no, no. no uh, yeah, what I was going to say is, mistakes are obviously the, some of the best things are the best teaching methods. Yeah. Um, of learning, and I, I generally, I, I, I do agree with this because, like, let's take um, yeah, with, with what, with the idea that wise people learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. Now it's very easy because I mean, there's, there's so much information online on you know how to do things a certain way, right? Or whether that's like, for example, even if it's just basic jo jobs like, you know, I'm, I'm going away for the weekend. How do I keep my, you know, food cool, mm. you know, or, you know, what's the proper way to tie my shoelaces or do a tie or something like that? Yeah. I mean, uh, there's so much information online or in books where you can, you know, find the successes of other people and those successes probably have came from mistakes and can i just give you an example i was i was a little yeah, bit, going i was giving this a thought and so do i have to have an accident in order to to start driving slower you know what i mean no oh, right. no yeah, i don't i can i can yeah. just i can just be a reasonable man see what happened to my neighbor for instance and then behave accordingly. You, you know what I mean? I really like this one because it, it, it's just, it kind of goes against the one you mentioned with Bill Gates. Like, of course, we, we, all, we all learn from our mistakes, but some, mm -hmm. sometimes the mistakes can be prevented if we just, no, right. if we just see some negative examples and, and uh, we learn from them. No, I think this is a really awesome quote. Um, but I mean, there's not really much I can really add to this. I mean, um, I guess it real good examples is like, um, I mean, okay, like Elon Musk with SpaceX. Um, Sorry, come again. I, what are you talking? I was going to say like uh, your company SpaceX. Do you know about SpaceX? Uh -huh, I, I don't. So you have to. You have to. I'll, I'll briefly. SpaceX. It. SpaceX is an American-based. Rocket, you know. Sorry, uh, you, you, you cut off there. Can you no, say I, that again? I, no, so SpaceX is an American-based um, rocket company, private rocket company. And they're the ones who are famed for landing their, you know, first-stage boosters back on ships or on land. Mm. Like they're shooting a rocket into space and then yeah, landing it uh, back on the ground. But the, Elon Musk, he's also CEO of Tesla as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but he used the quote where he's, he's, they're, they're not really geniuses there because it's a new company and they're doing really innovative stuff. But he he said himself he's you know building on the shoulders of giants because you know they've learned a lot of the um, fundamentals of rocket science um, and aerodynamics because a lot of people have died trying to you know mm -hmm. trying to find out yeah. or you know yeah. um, and I mean there's nothing really much more to add and I but I mean. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then let's not add anything because we, we are kind of running out. I disagree. Of, we are kind of running, for, running out it. of time. Uh, so it's it's not rocket science. <clears throat> Bad one. Uh, with time, even a bear can learn to dance. How about with that one? With time, even a, uh, even a bear can learn to dance. I don't think you have to look up this one. It's quite obvious. 
Yeah, so. no. I mean, it sounds. I mean, it sounds like the Shakespeare with you know infinite monkeys. I mean, it with infinite time. You know, can can write Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what I think it's trying to say is, you know, if you anyone, regardless of you know how smart or how dumb they might be, if you give them enough time, they'll they'll be good at anything. And I, I guess it kind of reminds me of that idea that if you want to become a master of any profession, you need to dedicate ten thousand yeah. hours into I think, it. I think this is a motivational uh, quote. Kinda, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, can really a bear learn to dance? If we if we become a bit philosophical about it, can it really? You know, you know what I mean. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, to it's, be it's, fair, it's half. It's 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 a glass half full, half half empty, pretty much. You know, like this this sort of. Uh, case because if you don't have what it takes i mean you can't really learn to dance like if you don't it's, um, so it's 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 uh, come on like it's about talent no, as well i was gonna say no i just don't like the quote because it's very there's so much uh, so many plot holes in it because yeah. like the idea is like what do you define dance as being yeah, exactly. because you know there's animals in the kingdom like little birds <laughs> what would just shake their ass to, you know for mating season um, uh, you know, I'm unlike, sure there is a know, bear that can dance. Come on. Yeah, I know. There's, there's. I mean, there's always this one exception. There was an interesting story. There was uh, I forgot which uh, um, military corps, but in I think during the Second World War, there was there was a bear what served in the army in one of the regiments, um, and it, it started to learn to you know it watched the others as they would carry ammunition to the front lines, oh. and at one point the bear picked up some ammunition and dragged it to the front lines with you know some. Oh wow. Some, Okay. What, yeah, like yeah, some bombs in there or whatever. There and the, the the regiment loved him so much that the the squad he was working with loved him so much. The regiment was formed, and he was part of their mm. logo. He was, you know, I forgot what it was. Now we are actually talking fiction, I think, aren't we? No, no, this is real. This is a real life um, story. I, okay, then uh, there you go. So if 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 um, Bear can learn to do that, then why why yeah. can't he learn to dance? His name was. It was a Syrian brown bear called Wojtek, and he served in the Polish Second Corps uh, in the Twenty Second Artillery Supply Company. Um, <laughs> no, Shona, now he... I actually don't know whether you're just messing with my head. No, or... <laughs> it, it's a real, it's a real story. Because I know you, you have a reputation for that a little bit. No, um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking factual. I okay, mean, then. Do it. Okay, factual. Um, and and where, where this, where does this fact actually come from? Uh, well, history. I mean, where, <laughs> what do you on. mean? <laughs> Hist- your your secondary school history book, or no, or, no, I watched. I, this, I actually, I the sun. I found the sun. No, I found. Um, no, I, I found out. No, I found out about it from a YouTube channel called Simple History. Okay, um, Simple History. There you go. So. Well, no. If you if you look at if you look up U- Simple History, it's a really really cool YouTube channel where they they talk about a lot of unknown stories. I'm just I'm, and just, they, jo- I'm just joking. Oh, all oh, right, okay, if, fair if enough. You, but if you if you if you look up, it's an interesting story. Yeah. If you if you, if you look up Wojtek, in other words, W O J T E K, um, online, you can see the story about this young bear cub, but eventually become the pride of a, a military corps. So this is going to be the homework for the listeners of this podcast now. Yeah, sure. Sh- you know, he event- he yeah. died in Scotland. <laughs> okay, well, spoiler alert. So, yeah, it was, it was World War Two. So if he lived into today, so <laughs> yeah, I'd be very surprised. Okay, Sean, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the Next English Podcast. I I hope you enjoyed it yourself. 
No, I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me. And I, I hope, I hope, as everyone, for the 2018 goal, or if not the 2019 goal, visit the local library and see what they've got. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, then. Well, thanks, thanks again for featuring uh, in the Next English Podcast, and have fun. <laughs> yeah, you too. Everyone have fun. Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to Zdenek's English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenek'singlishpodcast.podbean.com. <laughs>